0: All right, let's just, let's, let's do it. Let's do it. I'm excited. All right. Football, baby. It's back. <laughs> it's been a good day.
1: Hmm. Amazing. It's absolutely amazing. But under the right circumstances, a producer could make more money with a flop than he could with a hit. Hmm. Yes, it's quite possible.
0: welcome to the nfc least show the only show keeping the nfc east honest it is week one we are back baby williams how are you doing feel like shit (laughs) (laughs) can't imagine why um we what a what a fun week one uh Let's just jump right in. We, the NFC has got the entire NFL season started first with the Dallas Cowboys on Thursday night football. They took on the reigning NFL champions, reigning Super Bowl champions, Tampa Bay Buccaneers, Champa Bay. Uh, Williams, you want to kick off a bit of just ha- impressions, initial thoughts about how the Cowboys looked in this game?
1: Yeah, they felt like a good version of last year's Cowboys team. Uh, Offense was potent with Dak at the helm. You could see the potential uh, with the skill positions. Tampa Bay's defense is really good, and especially the run defense. You could tell Dallas just wanted no part of running the ball, so Dak had to throw nearly 60 times. But the same fundamental issues are still there in terms of mental mistakes snowballing into something out of their control um i thought dallas played well i thought they looked like like a probably like a nine and eight type of team um but certainly given that they they won the turnover battle by a lot and still lost in the end there are reasons to be discouraged
0: for sure uh and i i think I forgot to mention before we started the segment, the Cowboys in fact lost to the Buccaneers. So that's a good bit of context to carry into this because while they did look good, um, they did lose and they got the NFC East off to a losing start in this season. Um, yeah, I, I pretty much feel the same way. Um, one thing in, I noticed in general across all four teams, uh, not a lot of, not a lot of like vertical challenging of defenses. I thought that Dak and really just like I said, every team, but Dak in particular played pretty conservative throughout the entire Thursday night game. Um, there was a few hospital balls <laughs> that he tried to force in in like the intermediate uh passing game, but couldn't really get the ball really pushed downfield and stretch the defense. Vertically, A lot of it was a, a lot of horizontal stuff and a lot of run game stuff, which I think fit Dax play style well, but also I think ultimately limited what the Cowboys could do offensively. And I just don't think they they could hang with this Buccaneers team over four quarters.
1: Yeah, especially, you know, being on the road plays a factor as well, I'm sure um, I don't want to discount that uh again i think the cowboys overall looked like fine but they just made too many small errors um and yeah i think to your point uh the deep ball situation is really something that is indicative of of teams that aren't confident in their offense um i mean i've been watching giants football for nearly 10 years now where it feels like they never throw the ball more than 10 yards downfield um it's infuriating so I hey, there it, is it, that there is that 50 yard bomb
0: to slayton today
1: <laughs> look there were some we're gonna get to that we're gonna get to all that but uh it does it does basically speak to an offensive game planner thinking the risk outweighs the reward for me here um especially in dallas's case i think i'm not sure if this is right but uh Kellen Moore, uh, I think that's the damn guy, their mm-hmm. offensive coordinator, right? I get him and some of their other, like, backup QBs over the years. Kellen continues. Clemens. Kellen. Yeah, I mean, yeah, whoever. <laughs> Kevin Cobb, some, one of those yeah. guys. <laughs> <laughs> but I think his logic is like, well, if I can get it, the ball in CeeDee Lamb's hands, you know, like, seven yards downfield, there's a chance that he can change that into a big play anyway. You know, I don't mm-hmm. need to necessarily do it all through the air. I don't know if that's totally spot on but i kind of understand what they were trying to do and you know it panned out they they put points on the board it just wasn't consistent enough to overcome tampa on the other side of the ball yeah um i'm curious
0: i think up and down the division this week my general impression from this division is so far is is inconclusive there there's a lot that confirmed a lot of our bias entering this week but then there's a lot that maybe could go against it um depending on how the next few weeks shake out i'm wondering what what do you think about this team going into next week against the chargers let's do a little bit of a preview like now that we have a little bit of film on them out like what does this carry over the chargers at least from what they showed today against washington which again we'll get into later in theory should be a beatable team for this cowboys team based on what they managed to pull off even in a loss against the buccaneers so i'm curious what you're thinking is next for this cowboys team
1: yeah i want to see uh i mean they're still on the road so that's something to keep in mind as well but i wouldn't be surprised to see you know Uh, Trayvon Diggs have a good game I don't know the Cowboys are so different from Washington in how their roster is constructed that you know Washington's receivers beyond McLaurin couldn't do anything today whereas the Cowboys can say okay we're going to throw a CD at you obviously we have Amari Cooper who had a fantastic game on thursday you know if we want to get zeke involved we think we can do that antonio gibson ran the ball pretty well against san diego today like there are routes there they can take that i don't think washington just had as much potential to tap into but on the other hand i do like herbert looks great and i do think there's i think it's going to be a similar type of game you know in the 30s type of shootout um, mm. which is I'm sure we'll see a lot of from Dallas this year even though I think their defense didn't look atrocious on Thursday uh, San, San Diego is certainly not an offense that's going to be kept quiet the whole game so yeah for sure i I think that
0: the Cowboys defense, At least against the Buccaneers, which is a very potent offense, didn't look like a defense like they looked at the beginning of last year, which was like, hey, this team might hemorrhage 40 to 50 a game, like even against bad teams. Like it looked like a team that can at least or a defense that could at least keep their offense in games. What I was concerned about watching the Cowboys is their offense looked good, but it didn't look great, which I think is potentially a bad sign for them in the long haul. And for me, like I was kind of hinting at before, whether it's the injuries or whether it's just not in Dak's game, I think this offense needs a bit of verticality to it to open up the space underneath for their tight ends and Ezekiel Elliott. I don't think they can be just like let's put Zeke into the cement mixer every down and try to like, you know, get our shots when we take them in the intermediate to short game. For them to be a truly like dominant, potent we can hang 40 to 50 on you whenever we want type of team. I think they have to add that verticality to their game. If not, there'll be 20 to 30 most games, but then they can also just cut show up dead in other games. So it'll be interesting to see now putting more and more games in a row, how this Cowboys team shakes out. Maybe as Dak gets healthier, maybe as they get, they start feeling themselves, we start seeing, some of that dimensionality come out of their offense a bit more. But I think in general, I'm with you. I think it's going to be more of the same, but against a slightly worse team next week. And I I think ultimately the Cowboys probably come out with a win next week, Um, but it'll be 35 to like 28. Um, And I could also easily see it flipped in the other direction too, where it's like chargers, 35, (laughs) cowboys 28 on like a weird turnover at the end you know maybe maybe that's maybe that's the bold prediction i think it's going to be whoever wins the turnover battle next week wins the game because neither of these defenses can really stop the other offense
1: (laughs) yeah i agree it's going to come down to something weird uh but i think they're both good teams on net i'm really looking forward to to that game because i think it will tell us a lot more about where the division stands as a whole
0: yeah um, I do want to issue an apology to the entire AFC West after last week's season preview pod because a lot of my record predictions had the NFC East taking games, and I openly said on this podcast that I didn't think the AFC West was a good division, and I am so wrong. <laughs> it's <already laughs> did, my first... did you say that? Yeah, I did say that, and it, it was remember. the only thing going through my head. I, I think the Raiders might be mediocre, but I think the Chargers obviously the chiefs and I actually think sneakily the Broncos are going to be three very good teams this year.
1: (laughs) I I did like the, I did like the Chargers going into this year and they look great. Uh, I don't know anything about the Raiders, like really, but it does feel like if they were in the NFC East, they'd be, they'd be contending, you know? Oh yeah. They would be, they'd be in the nine and eight
0: conversation with the Cowboys, (laughs)
1: you know, the Broncos. I had no, I had no real thoughts on, but, uh, I'm sure we'll get to all that, too. But Jesus Christ, <laughs> if today is any indication, I hope they're the reincarnation of like the 85 bears. All right. Before we get into the giants and that
0: that whole debacle in the Meadowlands, uh, let's talk about my eagles for a second. Uh, a no. dominant. A, no, <laughs> we have to. This is the premise of the podcast. <laughs> a dominant uh, 32. To what seven win? <laughs> I forget uh, thirty-two to six. I think thirty-two to six. Only two, two six. field goals. Yeah, yeah. Um, win against the Falcons. Um Man, I'm probably going to be a little bit uh, r- more reserved than than other Eagles fans might be after a, a a game like that. Just in my overall analysis of what this means for the team after this game, but man, did it feel good to watch fun Eagles football again for me personally as a fan. Really fun game. That being said, taking my fan hat off, really inconclusive. Uh, Really the only big takeaways I had from this game is exactly what we said about this team in the season preview, that the offense and defensive lines would be the strength of the team. And to me, that's what carried – the team to this victory today um the offensive line basically nullified everything the falcons were trying to do in the front seven and opened up just gaping holes for both Miles sanders and kenny gainwell and also in pass protection and just how they got out in front of blockers on uh on scrambles and screens for jalen hurts meant that the game really wasn't in wasn't in Jalen Hurts' hands. He could just kind of relax and do his thing, which I think puts him in the best position to be a good quarterback. Now, I don't know whether this means, you know, to your point, that the Eagles front seven on defense and offensive line are the reincarnation of like the Steel Curtain and <laughs> um, you know, the hogs of Washington in like the 80s, you know. Um or whether just the Falcons are as bad as they were last year in both of those departments, and a good enough Eagles team made them look as bad as the Falcons are. Um, I think that's yet to be re- revealed over the next couple of weeks. But really encouraging first game from this young upstart um, Eagles team, and I, I think for me, from analysis wise, I think the strongest positives you can take are just that the the lines are good and Sirianni isn't a disaster.
1: <laughs> yeah, and I think that's good enough. I, I'm, it's funny that you call them a young upstart team because in some ways, yes, but in other ways they're anchored by Kelsey, Wayne Johnson, mm-hmm. Brandon Brooks, Fletcher Cox, Brandon Graham, all over 30 years old. And part of my skepticism about the Eagles entering this year was those are many of your best players and you kind of need them all to not fall off slash stay healthy. And so far, like, that box is checked. I mean, Kelsey looks like he could play forever right now. Uh, He had an incredible game. Brooks, back to form, looks like an all-pro guard. Um, And then on the defensive side of the ball, I thought Atlanta actually kind of set the tone early with some hard physical running. Like, Mm -hmm. they were really kind of churning through first downs and actually hitting guys in the secondary hard, getting to the second level. And then I think they just <laughs> I think they just got discouraged or something, like it just wasn't happening for them consistently because the passing game was so abysmal. Mm-hmm. Um, I saw something I don't know if this is true, but it certainly felt true. Only one Falcons wide receiver had receptions today, and it was Calvin Ridley. Otherwise they hit pits and they hit running backs, but that was it. Like it just felt like they couldn't do anything. Um, that sounds right. Yeah, it was just. A a really, again, a strong performance from the Eagles defense. I mean, I don't really know what else you want. Matt Ryan takes care of the football by and large, so it's not like, you know, you just had to basically force them into punting situations over and over, and that's what they did. Yeah. I think one of the things for me, even if you don't like the Falcons, when you win by that much on the road with a rookie head coach, it says, okay, we're working with something here. You know, like, the coach at least knows what he's doing. You didn't yeah. come in unprepared. The defense looks sharp. The offense, the first drive for the Eagles, the offensive play calling, they went straight to Quez Watkins twice and then just kind of dinked and dunked, sliced their way through the Falcons. Uh, Devonta Smith looks like the real deal. Like, the, the play calling felt really good. And when your offensive line is sharp, of course the play calling's going to feel good, but it just felt like somebody who actually, like, had his feet under him and and really had a game plan.
0: Yeah, that I really, really enjoyed Nick Sariani's play calling and how he approached particularly the wide receivers in this game where I think a lot of, and maybe it was just because of injuries and forcing Peterson into um, maybe unideal situations, but a lot of how Peterson wanted to use wide receivers got really stale and unimaginative post 2017 but you saw like some real intention from Sirianni to like basically establish Quez Watkins as like the screen speedster guy but then later in the game after having Jalen Rager out split out wide he basically put Rager into that role to like throw the defense off guard and then we got a 30-yard screen touchdown off of it, off of a route that was originally drawn up for Quez Watkins earlier in the game. Right. And it's that kind of stuff where it's like, when you have versatile wide receivers that in theory could play all three positions, like that's what you want to do with them. If you cross train them, then put them out there in different situations and don't let the defense know. Okay. If Quez is out there in this position, like this play is going to happen, you know? And I thought that was really encouraging. The other thing that I think now this also dovetails a bit with the Broncos Giants game, and this might be a nice little lead into that. We do have to preview the Eagles next game first, but I do think that the blowout nature of this game was a little bit disproportionate to the actual down by down play I saw in this game, meaning, it, and this is classic football, right? I think that the two minute drive at the end of the first half that made it a two score game basically opened the floodgates. But if that drive doesn't end in a score, it's a seven, six game going into halftime. And I think the Falcons probably come out with a little bit more juice and a little bit more going on. Right. I think that also really it remained a 15 to six game until the fourth quarter and when the game really blew up it had a lot more to do with a lot of just the the falcons o-line getting gassed and (laughs) the defensive line of the eagles just controlling matt ryan than it did any sort of like wow this eagles offense is really putting their foot on the falcons defense's throat you know, so there was a lot of encouraging stuff, a lot of creative, clever play calling and the score I think ultimately was deserved, but I think a better team and maybe a more in shape team against the Eagles probably gives them more problems in, in future weeks. And I think, you know, to the reason why I think that dovetails a bit with the Broncos giants, I think it's a little bit the same in that department, just in the opposite direction. I think that, the Giants probably looked a little bit better than their scoreline looked, at least for me. But I know that's a little bit of a take on <laughs> for you. you just want to wallow yeah. in it. But I thought I saw some good things for the Giants, all oh, things considered today. Um, but before we get into that, I think that preview wise going into next week, um, the 49ers offense looked very good against the Lions today. And if we really want to start getting a litmus test um, for this Eagles team to see if they're, let's not even start saying legit. Let's just even say whether they're closer to my like nine and eight, 10 and seven prediction or closer to your like five and 12 prediction. This 49ers game should be a close one. And if it's not, then maybe just the Falcons are bad.
1: (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Uh. Yeah, I think the 49ers today, from what I can tell, didn't watch a minute of it, but box score-wise looked pretty good. The Lions did run on them pretty well, so that's what I'm curious about is if, once again, the Eagles' offensive line can assert themselves, but this time maybe a little less so in that screen getting guys out game and and maybe more of a conventional power running game. Mm -hmm. Um, I know they can do both, so kind of what I have my eye on. This is another coin flip game to me. I actually like Philly in this one just because the vibes are so good. It's at home. I think the, the fans are going to be wild. Uh, so it's it's also – can we talk just for a second about how cowardly it is that the Eagles were terrible in the year of no fans? I know that, I know that's brought up a lot, but it would be so – In some way, it's, like, frustratingly undeserved if they, like, go right back to being good when the fans are back, when, like, they should be getting booed for, like, retroactive performance. (laughs) Like, if you, like, put Carson Wentz in, like, a little, like, cart or something and just, like, like, dragged him around the, like, the outside of the field while fans just booed at him, I think that would go a long way. But something, there needs to be some sort of of uh vindication for for what happened last year
0: i would never actually advocate for this because it would be torture on my part but i do understand (laughs) what you're saying i think the middle ground here is um every season ticket holder before they're allowed to watch a 2021 eagles game needs to sit down and watch a three-hour compilation video Of the 2020 season again at Lincoln Financial Field. Like, we need like 60,000 fans and like a Jumbotron
1: (laughs) that just like shows. (laughs) Yeah, like one of those, like how they kind of have like the outdoor viewing parties now for some of these sports. Yeah, just exactly that.
0: Yeah, Yeah, but like, but like, the trium the triumvirate of the uh, the Cowboy Giants and Washington games at the lake last year, where yeah.
1: <laughs> the Daniel Jones stumble, the Danucci game. <laughs> the difference the, is uh, that it's it's happening live, and all fifty three players from last year's roster just have to sit there <laughs> with everybody else. <laughs> yeah, I think
0: that's only fair. Um, it's interesting. You think the Eagles are going to win next week? I actually think that it will be a loss. Um, That'll kind of bring them back down to earth a bit. Um, I think the one X factor, and if it goes the way I think it's going to go, it'll be a loss, but if it doesn't, it'll be a win is just the 49ers wide receivers against the Eagles secondary. I think that to your point, uh, the Falcons don't have a lot to offer besides Calvin Ridley. And Matt Ryan clearly is entering a stage of his career where he struggles to get balls into receivers' hands. Um, I think the 49ers are an entirely different beast with Debo Samuel, Brandon Ayuk, uh, George Kittle, and Jimmy Garoppolo under, uh, under that coaching staff. And if... The Eagles' secondary is the weak spot, like we've identified in the season preview. They'll expose them more than the Falcons could, and I think that has a chance to get a little bit away from the Eagles in a way that their offense and what Sirianni was doing and doing well won't. Like the offense we saw today can't participate in a boat race. You know, yeah. <laughs> like this is an offense that like needs the offensive line and defense entirety to like control the pace of the game so that they can just like sit back and be creative with their wide receivers and you know and all that kind of stuff right
1: it devils i totally agree i will say devil's advocate is at no moment today did the eagles offense ever feel compelled to like even search for that higher gear yeah because atlanta's offense was clearly just a Mm non-factor you know like you could afford to play it kind of, not even conservative, but just like, you know, chip away. You knew that you had better blockers and that y- you could control the tempo of the game. And it was a good, good call. Yeah.
0: I, I, I appreciate you bringing up that devil's advocate. It's, it's a question mark and it's the X factor. We'll see. We'll see what side of the, the coin it lands on. Right. Uh, I just know going back to even last year when with Jalen Hurts and he, he also similarly to Dak Prescott and the Cowboys offense showed a consistent inability to push the ball downfield yeah. and really test he, defenses he with his today, arm. Even yeah.
1: Like, and it, it's definitely there.
0: Yeah. And it's like, I don't, I don't know in a, in a real, like, you know, <laughs> the defense might as well not line up type boat race situation against high powered offenses where this offense really has that gear. Right. Um, but hey, I mean, they showed enough today to at least give you some confidence. That it'll be it'll be a fun season and a and a optimistic one, and we'll see yep. whether they keep it up. Hard transition.
1: <laughs> we talk about Washington
0: first. <laughs> Let's talk about we've been we've been teasing your reactions to uh, the Broncos Giants yeah. game. How you feeling, man? You feeling good? I feel so bad, dude. <laughs> I feel so bad.
1: Not even like. Like obviously, I went through the various stages during the game. I think like the fifth time Bridgewater escaped and like found a guy downfield on third or fourth down. I did. I did have. I did lose it for a minute. Mm -hmm. Uh, But I think I I had a lot of different things that I thought about saying during this intro. Many of which were were bad, Um, bad things to say. But I, I. I guess just. I feel like I've watched the same story every single year. You're, so already,
0: you're already getting like an existential crisis
1: well, after week one. It's just yeah, because <laughs> you, Yeah, because... Shut up. Just shut up. I predicted them to go Come on, they weren't that bad. They, they weren't, but they were. Like, <laughs> the things that you needed to see from them were so non-existent. Like, you don't... Like... In a way, you don't understand. I'm sorry, but you don't get it. Since 2017 started, they're 18 and 47. They have not spent a single day above 500 at any point since the 2016 playoffs ended. That was the infamous Odell boat thing. Mm-hmm. He had a bunch of drops. We all remember it. So forgive me if I see the same putrid offense stumble out there, the same just completely boneheaded decision-making. And I have to think, oh, great. Not only is this team slower and weaker than their opponent, like they are every week, they're stupider too. Uh, It's just an incredible, it's like, how can you be, I I just feel like I'm watching the new Jets. Like, how can you be (laughs) this bad, even on purpose? Like, you would think by accident you'd find a good player, but they just don't do it.
0: Yeah, um, a little bit of devil's advocate and a little bit of Posadelphian energy. I'm going to throw your way. To the I don't even know why I'm giving you this olive branch, but
1: as know. someone,
0: as, as someone who watched both the Giants and Jets play today. The Jets are unequivocally worse than the Giants still. I
1: haven't watched any football at all since just, just NFC East games. Don't so. worry. Don't worry about
0: that. The other thing I would oh, say man. is like if I were a Giants fan, the most disappointing thing about today would be the defense and the absolutely backbreaking lack of stops they were able to make down yeah. the stretch. Um, especially going into the season and and, and last year during that would-be 7-9 and nine playoff appearance run. <laughs> um, yeah. The defense is what carried you guys through a good portion of the middle of last year. And to see what probably should be a strong suit um, be the reason why you lost week one against probably like a good to semi-great, potentially, Broncos team.
1: We don't. We don't, I don't know. know. We don't know. We don't know. It's impossible to know. My, my point is, my point Hitchwater is, is like, like, Steve Young.
0: Yeah. My point is, is, like, the Giants were in that game until the second half, and they had multiple t- opportunities to get the ball back and into their offense's hand to do something, and they just let, like, K.J. Hamler and Noah Fant and Melvin Gordon walk up and down them on third and forked out it was backbreaking and hard to watch
1: yeah um, you know um, if I can kind of go off of that yeah. cuz I do think I think you're right I mean that's definitely the story of the game is like just Bridgewater having clean pockets plenty of time and finding guys downfield on like crucial stops like necessary stops for the Giants or even when Bridgewater was under pressure just easily rolling out and then finding somebody I think part of it for me, you talked a lot last year with the Eagles and complementary football, the offense mm-hmm. helping the defense out of spots. You can blame almost anybody for this game. Like I could literally point fingers at uh, Jason Garrett, Joe Judge, Daniel Jones, the entire defensive unit. Like I think it would all be pretty valid. But for me, the tough, the tough thing is there were early fourth downs on like the forty-five-ish yard line. Where Denver had no problem going for it because they knew the Giants' offense probably wouldn't with respond with anything serious. You know, you're allowed to be more aggressive when you're confident that your defense is just going to shut the other team down. So the Giants' defense couldn't, to your point, make a single stop there. And then they got gassed because they were on the field for an mm-hmm. eternity. I think Mark Schlereth pointed out, like, in in terms of real time, not game time. The Giants offense didn't see the field for like an hour and ten minutes. You know? Yeah. The defense was just out there forever. Um and you know, that is the fault of the defense. I think it's damning that the Giants have uh not developed any legitimate edge threats in, you know, really five years since mm-hmm. Olivier Vernon was here when we traded for him uh or signed him as a free agent back in twenty sixteen. Um you know, the whole the whole team's identity is basically like, man, Leonard Williams sure is good. I hope everybody else can figure it out. Um, Bradbury's good. Blake Martinez is good. But those are just – it's so easy to avoid those guys, you mm-hmm. know. Like they don't have any sort of – it doesn't feel like they have the depth yet. And uh, I don't know. T- today, today hurt to watch. It hurt to like think about this team as much as I have and speculate about what they'd be good at. And again, I I predicted them to be four and 13. I think you predicted them at five and 12. It's not like we were optimistic about what they could be, but seeing it manifest in real life always hurts more. And uh, this was one of those times.
0: I do want to say the other thing I was going to say as a, uh, as an optimist here is I did like what the giants were trying to do on offense at least compared to what i saw from from them last year they did push the ball down the field a bit in the passing game daniel jones did have the authority to kind of run i liked the sterling shepherd jones connection more than i liked it at any point last year like i could see what jason garrett was trying to do different this year versus last year and i think it's I think it's the right idea with this offense, and I think it was going in a good direction. Ultimately, I think if the defense could have given the offense 10 to 15 minutes more of the ball, could have been a much closer game. Um, that didn't happen, and I think the offense also shot themselves in the foot a few times on key third downs and with that one Daniel Jones fumble. <laughs> yeah, um, But... I don't know. At least from what I saw from the offense, it wasn't like – it wasn't unwatchable, and it also wasn't like I don't understand what they're trying to do. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, which, I, I which that. like, honestly, like, is a very low bar I just said, but it also yeah. is not like the sky is falling, you
1: know? Yeah. <laughs> I get that. I think. I mean, Daniel Jones today made some really nice throws, um, but he kind of always does that, you know. He he can make plays. The issue is just his decision making can swing the other way as well, and he can be a disaster and kind of blow up a drive like he like he did today as well. It's Daniel Jones, both ain't it? But the whole team ain't it. Like, why are we pretending? Like, if you put Daniel Jones on. a a different more capable team tomorrow i don't think he'd look amazing but i think the things that he does well in terms of fitting the ball in tight windows and and hurting you with his legs would suddenly be much more manifest and the things he does poorly would not happen four or five times a game like they do right now Mm -hmm. um it's just it's just a bad team they just are bad fundamentally bad have been for a decade the rot we talk I don't know. You're probably gonna have to cut a lot of this. I feel like I've been rambling for like two hours. <laughs> oh man. I had to take like a, like an angry shower right. As we came <laughs> Andy, just to like sort out my thoughts in like a Jesus, different setting. Um, I know it's, it's toxic for me for sure. But like, the, I, I just I, can't believe how out you are this soon. <laughs> well, I, was out, I was out before the season and this is just like justification. It, it's a weird situation, right? Because it's like, are you going to make it to like week seven, man? Is this... I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> it was not fun to watch today. It's hard. It's hard when only the Eagles win. I'll also say yeah. that it's hard for me. In some ways, if Washington won today, somehow it would it would be better. It's just, in many ways, I think the Gi- the Giants are the apotheosis of, of the division's ineptitude. I know that Washington is in kind of like in a scummier category, but the same idea. But, man, there's just not – there's not a lot to look forward to right now. I'm sure that we'll talk about this more and more as the weeks go on. But I increasingly – and I've never really felt this way about the Giants to this extent. I want John Mara to, like, be a serial killer so that he's caught and the team is divested from his control. Like, it just feels like – that's what people have thought about Dan Snyder for a million years, like – I don't wish death on anybody, but if the people he's killing are already dead because he's a serial killer, then all we're doing is discovering the truth. (laughs) 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 Well, speaking of people
0: in horrible situations and being victimized by these football teams, let's talk about the Washington football team. Um, just a few things before we get into the game. Uh, really FedEx field in midseason form. Sewage pipes breaking <laughs> and falling on fans. I, kind of um, uh, I When the camera panned around, I saw somehow more Chargers fans in the stands that I've seen in Los Angeles for Chargers games, which feels like an... an- Like an incredible feat for FedEx field Uh always seems to be in a way field advantage in that stadium. Uh, An interesting game. Uh, Washington ends up losing a close one. Yeah. Um, Not. I, I, I don't know. For me, I feel like. I think a lot of our impressions about the defense were confirmed. I, I hoped to see a little bit more from the offense. We'll talk. A, we'll talk yeah. a little bit about how Taylor Heineke looked um, really enjoy that. We're getting some quality backup quarterback minutes this early in the <laughs> season from an NFC East team. Yep. Um But I, I, I don't. I don't know. I, I feel like I feel like this loss doesn't really tell me anything about this Washington team. I think the Chargers, like we've said, are good, and um, yeah, I mean Washington looked—they are who we thought they were.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's kind of the disappointing thing for me with Washington. If you were high on them, like both of us were and are, is I was hoping that it would be like last year's defense, maybe even takes another step as they get more chemistry and some guys back, and then just a slightly more powerful offense. And instead, it felt like like a literal clone of last year's team in that just an, mm-hmm. kind of a fairly inept offense prone to shooting itself in the foot. Not completely horrific, but bad and not a threat. And then a defense that just had to work all game long to cover up for those those missteps created by the offense the the kind of cherry on top was the uh gibson fumble on their own five yard line when they were up by three in the fourth quarter which san diego promptly capitalized on and mm. then you know then washington was really in trouble just because they're not built to to sustain drives so yeah I thought individual players on Washington looked really good. I thought the secondary looked good, all things considered. Herbert was putting the ball in some tight spots, and um, the game, the D-line got better as the game got along. Like, Chase Young really started to assert himself in the second half. But it really comes down to, like, Fitzpatrick looked bad when he was in. Um, The idea of Fitzpatrick is always better than the real thing. I kind of forgot that myself, but it didn't look amazing uh and do also we know, he's, just hot, and, he's hot and cold yeah do um, we know what his injury
0: like yet
1: uh i i it was weird for me because i couldn't tell what it was during the play and then they said it was like right hip i think it's just like old my old man bullshit i like literally <laughs> when he went down i was like <laughs> i literally crossed my mind i was like that's the kind of injury that like your dad gets like when he picks up something the wrong way because he tried, he tried to resist getting like totally slammed to the ground. And he kind of like arched his back in a weird way to like avoid getting his head bounced off the turf. And in doing so, I think immediately just triggered all sorts of stuff in the back and (laughs) in the core that, uh, that, that your 25 year old doesn't get, but your 40 year old certainly does. So I don't know what it is. I think it's old man shit.
0: Yeah. I, uh, the one Fitzpatrick moment that stuck out as like a little bit like, uh, maybe, maybe our glowing Fitzpatrick takes won't, won't hold true. This season (laughs) is, uh, when they tried to push the ball down the field, I think it was to, uh, McLaurin and the ball just died and like landed like five yards too short and like to the right. Like it wasn't like an, like a, even like in the neighborhood under thrown. like maybe yeah. like yeah. it was like behind McLaurin. It was, it was bad. And like this Patrick at his best usually has like a decent deep ball. And I like, that was one of the things that actually had me a little bit excited about this Washington offense, particularly with McLaurin who I think in a lot of ways is probably like the second coming of Santana Moss for this team. Um, but, yeah, it was it wasn't bad to your point. They were moving the ball, and they were in the game until some inopportune turnovers towards the end., yep. um but it wasn't encouraging in terms of this team being like the runaway favorite in the division,
1: Yeah. Um, so here I really, we are. <laughs> I, I, think I, I think I put Washington squarely based on what we've seen and kind of just knowing they, do, they don't they do look that good yet. Maybe they'll get there, but the defense is hard to predict. The defense looks good, but it needs to look better than it did last year if the offense is going to be the same, obviously. You're, they're the exact same team as they were last year, and last year they were 7-9. and nine. So it's kind of a, a similar boat. Um, this year maybe they'll actually beat the Giants for once, but we'll see. Wouldn't count on it. We'll get to that in a minute, but uh, right now, I feel like Washington, Philly, and Dallas all floating in roughly the same tier, and yep. the Giants are in like the, once again, you better hope that Broncos team is real good, or you better hope you just had a really off week at home the day after the 20th anniversary of 9-11. Um, yeah, I know. <laughs> Yeah, I know. The, 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 what does that word?
0: Well, what do you think nine eleven had to do with any of this? I'm connecting
1: Jeez. the dots as we speak. <laughs> <laughs> I actually, I have a nine eleven take. <laughs> oh no! No, 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 no. It's, it's. I, I think it's fine. We'll see. <laughs> I don't think the non. This has always been the case. You know, there's always sporting events around 9/11 every year, or whatever. Uh, baseball and football. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The opposing team should not wear FDNY or NYPD or any other type of hat. You're still the opposing team. It feels is weird that, to me. You, is this a like direct like Matt rule take? <laughs> Is this something I'm not? Oh, you you oh, did not do, see
0: that during the? No. the oh yeah, no. no the, so Robert Sala was not wearing any sort of like FDNY anything other gear, but Matt Rule was in Carolina.
1: <laughs> yeah, see <that's>, <laughs> like, <laughs>
0: don't do that. That's just weird. Like it was very. It was. I mean, ultimately, what am I gonna do? Tell him to take it off? A, I'm not there. B, right. like I, objectively, it's cool. But also, it was very off-putting at the same time. Just like it is, it is off-putting. <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry. When at the very least, Vince like James... it should be something that like both coaches agree to do, and like the New York coach <laughs> takes the lead. It was very off-putting that like it made Robert Sala, I think, look a little, <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> <laughs>
1: off, you know. <laughs> yeah. not, not cool by Matt Rule to put him in that situation. Yeah, but in, it was I, also. I, I, and Go I think ahead. there are
0: also toys in that game where Matt Rule forgot he was wearing the hat because he also, like, threw it down in anger. Like, it was just, like, a team hat. Wow. It's just, just like, it's, you got to remember, you, you know, if you're going to respect right. FDNY, you have to respect if it at all gonna, moments in the if game. If you're going to wear <laughs> yeah.
1: <hat>. Exactly. Right. <laughs> this, uh, so this, I, I, I actually didn't know. I kind of forgot the Jets existed there for a minute. I was, Vic Fangio was wearing a, a, an FDNY hat. On the sidelines today. And again, I get that it's a nice gesture. I'm not trying to trash talk anybody for doing it. I just think if you're the opposing team, you should let the Giants be the cool ones who get to mm. wear it because mm. that's the city that they're in. And you're from Denver. Yeah. And I don't know what tragedies you've had out there, but do something with that when the time comes it's just yeah. not it's 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 confusing to me to to see something so strongly associated with New York and then have the guy have like a little orange and blue Broncos like sweatshirt on.
0: <laughs> All right, let's uh let's <laughs> preview uh the first divisional game we have this year. We have a big one, Giants yeah. Washington. On the balance of things, this looks like a Washington victory, but we also have the constant of this division yes which is daniel jones and the giants always beat washington yes (laughs) so what gives what gives is it going to be (laughs) is it going to be logic or is it going
1: to be tradition what say you? yeah (laughs) this is this is going to be tradition for sure Um, yeah they're the giants are in washington uh, where they've done quite well as they do everywhere they play washington i guess but I just don't think I, – I think that it's it's no exaggeration to say this game could decide the futures of many players on the Giants Like after this year. I think if you go 0-2 here and you go into a tailspin early, you're never going to recover if you're in New York. This is about as close to a backs-against-the-wall prove-it game that you can get. Uh, I mean – Again, I understand it's the second game of a 17-game season, but after today, I do think Joe Judge's seat got legit a little warm. I think Daniel Jones's seat was already warm, and it's on another level now. Dave Gettleman, I mean, should probably start packing his bags now. But in any case, this is a game that I think many, many Giants players in the Giants organizations feel they need to win. And that, plus the tradition element... Uh, I think I think I'm going to go with New York. Wow. It's not rational at all.
0: But. Yeah, I don't know. I think I'm going to go with New York, too. (laughs) Wow. (laughs) Um, Yeah, I don't. Let's see how Fitzpatrick is feeling. I'm not as into the Heineke. uh, Aid, I think as a lot of Washington fans are. Yeah, um, it's
1: weird how how much they like him. And I get it. If that.
0: I was a fan of Washington, I would like him. Old Dominion guy bounced around the league. Almost has kept Washington in two games that he's played but he, in so almost. far.
1: It's like yes. he does this weird. But he's still he lost, better. both of them, and he's not. <laughs> yeah, he's right. not good. Exactly. <laughs> that's that's the part where I get lost. Is like he's a weird player who like I think he's just a lot of fun to watch yeah but the actual like results aren't there and you don't realize until the game's over and you're like oh shit they scored 10 points today like, yeah <laughs> you don't realize you're no like, i mean I lo- I, like, there's I, energy here and yeah then just... i,
0: I love i like the energy he brings i like the two-handed shuffle pass to Antonio gibson today that was fun yeah great moment uh <laughs> great play but it's just like what how many points did he score seven after he yeah. took over yeah <laughs> You know, like, I don't know. Like, I, I think that I, I don't think I don't think the, the I don't think the Washington offense is that good yet, especially if Heineke taking over. Even if Fitzpatrick comes back, they were not in rhythm. And the defense, while still clearly very good, is not in their midseason form yet. And I think that the Giants, especially with the flashes they showed against Denver, should be able to move the ball. This offense should be easier to. Contained for the Giants' defense and its tradition. The Giants always beat the Redskins. You
1: know, I like (laughs) Like, that it's such tradition that you said they were the Redskins.
0: I know. I had to go back.
1: First one of the year. (laughs) First Uh, one of the year. Got in the bank. (laughs)
0: Put a penny in the jar. Um, All (laughs) right. Thursday night
1: football, which is especially like weird vibes. Only there's going to be weird stuff happening for sure. Week two, Thursday
0: night football, NFC's divisional game. Nothing better. Um <laughs> all right. Let's close it out with take around the league. Uh I'll start it out. Um This is going to be uh surprising given the outcome of today's game, but I'll still say it cuz I truly believe it. Um Daniel Jones is the best mobile quarterback in this division, bar none.
1: Wow. I love that take because there's so much it kind of it balances on a razor's edge because Jalen Hurts senses pressure so much better than Daniel Jones does <laughs> and is such a better scrambler than Daniel Jones. But if you made Jalen Hurts and Daniel Jones run like a 200-meter dash, I think Jones would cook his ass. I don't think <laughs> they would be even close. The kid is a racehorse. But nobody in the Giants organization knows this or knows how to harness it at all. (laughs) So, tough. I hear where you're coming from. I don't totally agree, depending on how you define it. But To be honest with you,
0: um, I'm saying this today. I think by the end of the season, it'll probably be Jalen Hurts. But really, I wanted this to be a backdoor take against Dak Prescott. I think that everyone... (laughs) I think that everyone conceives of him as a mobile quarterback but he's not he just dak,
1: yeah dak dak isn't i mean he's mobile enough you know but he's on the scale he's much closer to like an aaron Rodgers tier mobility than a lamar jackson tier you know um, yeah
0: i wouldn't even say i think he's even close to aaron Rodgers. i think he's
1: flacco tier Wow, that's that's <laughs> pretty cool. We need we need a two hundred meter dash featuring every quarterback in the NFC East, including not like our now, assists. not like now, Flacco. I'm I'm talking like twenty twelve. Yeah, I don't was twenty twelve. <laughs> I'm looking up Joe Flacco rushing stats because he probably ran for like eighty yards that year. <laughs> it's
0: not but, even. It's not even how much he ran for. It's just his capacity to run, how he moves in the pocket.
1: Your I don't, I mean, maybe it seems like a grim. Yeah. He ran for 22 yards <laughs> in 2012, <laughs> three rushing TDs though. Yeah. Uh, when have you seen Dak
0: do that? Three TDs?
1: <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I think Dak definitely, that's something that we didn't mention, but Dak did look a little gun shy against scrambling. Against Tampa, I think probably you know the dude snapped his leg, and also Tampa's defense is good, so what's the point? But I do think, in terms of raw speed and and escapability hurts and Jones are the ones in contention, but for very different reasons, yeah, you got one this week i think I think the nine eleven hat thing was probably mine. <laughs> <laughs> I just wanna not be castigated for this. Take, wear whatever hats you want, but just maybe check. Check. Be introspective first. 100%. All right. Let's let's uh, let's call
0: it there. <laughs> send send anything you have to nsdleasemailbag.com or at gmail.com. Uh, subscribe, leave a review on Apple Podcasts. We'll be back for another review and preview next week. Until next week, buddy.
1: Yep. Maybe a visor or something. <laughs> Bye. <laughs>